Hello and welcome to the National Leprechaun Museum's Talking Stories podcast. Your home for Irish folklore, mythology and all things storytelling. Yeah, hello and welcome to the National Leprechaun Museum's podcast. It's myself, Mark, this week and I'm joined by... Nisha. Nisha. Yes. Nisha, that is not a common name. It's not as, well, except when I was growing up, because it became really popular in the 90s, but the problem right. was that, like, you you obviously know the origin of yeah. Nisha. Yeah, no one who named their children Nisha in the 90s knew, because they were all women. Yeah, no, that's fair, because I do have a good friend called Nisha, uh, yeah. and she is definitely, yeah. Yeah. All woman. Completely. Yeah. Which uh, obviously gave me some little inferiority complexes when I was younger. It's like I want to see. I saw Keanu Reeves being interviewed, and he was asked if Keanu like was a common because obviously it's not. Yeah, yeah. But he was like going, "Yeah, I have like three cousins called Keanu." <laughs> so like within within the people who know it as a name, yeah. choose it because it's it's a deadly name. But I love when your name comes up on TripAdvisor and Google reviews because it gets spelled. It's been spelled at least fifty different ways yeah. so far. I don't blame them. I'm dyslexic, so until I was like twelve, I couldn't spell my name correctly. Anyway, yeah. Just put a just do put a mark. I think Prince had the right idea with a symbol. Oh, completely. Peace sign. I I well, I go with the ampersand. Uh, it's it's curvy. It's curvy, it's and it's it's kind of how I want to be seen. It's not messing around. It really isn't. <laughs> I'd love to do a podcast sometime and go into it stuff that's relevant to it. But uh, but your name is relevant because of course, you know. My father was trying to recreate the Fianad when he had his around twelve children. Do Do you have a sibling called Shouty Man? I should have a sibling called Shouty Man, but unfortunately, Dad decided to name him Connor instead. Okay, Shouty Man. We've got Oshin, Connor, Quilcha, Cormac. Halfway there. Quilcha's always my favourite of the of the people's, not the names. Because but. universally, throughout all the stories, he's sound. He's also the one who dies naturally of old age. Yeah. If it wasn't for Oshin coming back off his holidays, yeah. um, he would have been the last surviving member. Because well, that's because death by jet lag apparently is gives you the honour of being the last member to die of the Fianna. I think it was a bit of a cop. It was like that period. Do you ever, like, when you're those summer days and you're growing up as a kid and you're playing games out on the road um, and there's, there's variations on where basically you like kick the can and you're oh, yeah. you're hiding out and there's that sneaky swine who hides somewhere, waits till the very end. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's Are the people in first person shooting, shooting games like Unreal Tournament back in the day? Just use the sniper rifle. Ah, there's no fun. In there's that. no fun in that. Uh, but today's kind of theme is not that there is a theme. Or I let you all know now, guys. There is no lesson to be learned from today's podcast. No. Um, the story is very much a story of uh, what to do like on, on a day. What happens really on a, a day off when you got a down day? Yeah. How would you spend your one holiday of the week? I'd probably come into the museum. I know you would. Yeah, it's quite depressing, really, isn't uh, it? Ah, we've got less lives than the Fianna, I mean. Yeah, still myself and Potty are off to Vilnius in Lithuania. I know. Uh, uh, so why, why, why are you going to Vilnius? Why we are, it's our honeymoon. Oh. Uh, no, it is, uh, we've been joking saying it's our honeymoon, but um, our partners probably wouldn't find that funny. <laughs> um, but we are in Vilnius for the FEST conference, so the Federation of European Storytellers. We're going to be representing while we're over there, and I think we're going to do a bad job. As long as there's no gang signs represent away. No, no, no. We'll be absolutely fine. But yeah, on a, on a day off, what we do, of course, we've got our beach day coming up in the I museum know. as well. 
And Paddy's story today is very much like a, a FINA, not a beach day as such, but it's a no, day out and about. I'm not sure if the FINA can actually swim, so they tend to go up hills and mountains on their days off. That silence there is not going to get edited out because that was my me confused going, where's all the sea stories? All the sea stories? They're not going out to sea. No, there's ships coming in. It's like overnight yeah. ways. We've got the invasion of my lesions and yeah. all this stuff. But the FINA... They do occasionally travel by boat, but only very rarely. And even then, I haven't remember much swimming. For an island-dwelling people... For an island-dwelling people, we hate fish and don't use nearly as much of our natural sea-based resources as we should. We're definitely going to have to come back to this. But for now, I think the best thing to do is to hand over (laughs) to the dulcet tones of our very own Paddy Holly. Ah, Paddy. And his story today is the uh, Cave of Keshkorn. Ooh, fun. We will be back to you after the story. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. Growing up in Ireland in the 90s, you often studied the stories of Nafinia in school. But the stories of that ancient band of warriors led by the great Finn McCool that you did in school might have given you the impression that being a member of Nafinia was all about a glorious battle and having the best crack at the most extravagant feasts. But being a member of Nafinia was quite tough. You had to spend a lot of time patrolling Ireland, a lot of time outside in the Irish weather, travelling to the tops of the mountains and deep down into the valleys. And one day the warriors got together and they decided they'd had enough. They needed a day off. And like many men of their time who had a day off, they decided to do a little bit of hunting. Finn and his best friend, Conan Machmurna, are standing on the hill of Keshkorn with their two favourite dogs, Bran and Skjolan, while the rest of the warriors are deep down in the valley, driving or beating the prey, as they say, up towards them. The king of the fairies, who was Conoran at the time, is also watching the hunt. Now, he hates Finn McCool. He hates all humans, but he hates Finn McCool in particular. Before you feel too sorry for Finn, Remember that the hill of Keshkorn is an enormous fairy mound. It is the king's home. Finn is essentially standing on the roof of his worst enemy's house with his best friend, two of his favourite dogs, conducting a hunt. Now I don't know about you, but if I woke up tomorrow to see my worst enemy standing on the roof of my house, maybe drinking a few cans, I wouldn't be too happy about it, would you? No. Luckily for the king, he has four daughters, and uglier females of any species have never before trod the turf of Ireland. Their names were Quavog, Quillen, Ian, and Irnach. Irnach means loneliness, and your daughter has to be very, very ugly indeed if you are going to name her loneliness. They each stood well over six foot four. 
They had thick black wiry hair and bright red glowing eyes. Their black twisted mouths were full of fangs and their heads could spin around in any direction 360 degrees like horrible sickly owls. At the ends of their double jointed fingers were not ordinary nails but massive spikes that could skewer a man and the hair flowing out from their noses came all the way down to their toes. The king turned to the three daughters present saying, My sweetums, Finn is alone, let us seize our chance. They link hands around their father, dancing around and around in a magic circle, singing, Finn thinks he is safe, but who knows when the sky will fall. Finn thinks he is safe, but who knows when the sky will fall. As if from nowhere, the three sisters became visible to Finn and Conan. Conan turns to his master, saying, Well, you couldn't call them handsome. You could, said Finn, but you'd be lying. Quickly, sir, let us away from here. But we are Nafinia, said Finn. We should be afraid of nothing. I am not afraid, Finn. I merely want to keep my good opinion of women. No, let us be bold, said Finn. Let us attempt to steal one of the whiskers coming out from their noses. And with that, the two men boldly strode up to the females. Each of the sisters had these enormous holly branches. The holly tree doesn't normally get too much of a size, but when it gets really old, properly ancient, it makes this beautiful white timber and they are reeling yarn around the holly branches, around and around and around. And the closer the two men came to the hypnotic holly branches, the weaker and weaker they became, until they were as weak as babes in arms. The sisters then tied up the two men, and they trundled them into the back of the cave of Keshkorn. More of Nafinia arrived, but they too fall weak at the magic holly branches and are rolled into the back of the cave. This one is very fat, said Quavog, and she played with the man, rolling him up and down the hill like a child playing with an old wheel. Now the warriors are deep down in the blackest pit. They can't see how things can get any worse. But outside, in the distance, they hear a growling, a howling, a yowling, a yelping, as the dogs of Nafinia arrived, summoned by the chief dogs, Bran and Skjolon, and trailed by the master of the hounds, Gol Mokmurna, Gol of the One Eye. If you've ever seen an Irish wolfhound, you will, of course, have been very impressed. They are said to be the largest dogs in the world. But these days, when we have an Irish wolfhound, we usually keep them to look pretty and we take the best care of them possible. In those days, when you bred an Irish wolfhound, you bred them for battle. 
people forget that an Irish battlefield would have been full of these enormous dogs tearing chunks out of all of the warriors involved. And the master of the hounds, Gol Machmurna, would have to be a very tough individual as well to keep all of these dogs in line. But the sisters think that Gull is trailing behind everyone else because he is afraid. Let us kill this one, said Quavog, for he thought to escape death by arriving late. And they rounded on the man, reaching for their wicked fairy blades. Though Gullmach Morna had only one eye, he parried every blow from the sisters. Days seemed to pass in moments. A horrible wind arose in the east and a horrible rain came in with it. With one mighty blow, Gullmach Morna separated two of the sisters right down the middle, such that there were knees and toes to the left, noses and whiskers to the right. The third sister leaped up onto the back of Gull, saying, I demand your protection. The way that the High King kept all of the warriors in line was there was a very strict code of conduct. Few things in ancient Ireland were legally off the cards, but the king made it so that any woman who should ask for your protection, then you are obliged to give it to her. It's a sensible enough rule and the world would be a better off place today if more men could follow it. So Golmach Morna has to protect this woman even if he is technically protecting her from himself. But she can sense that he is a bit reluctant and Golmach Morna isn't necessarily famous as much of a keeper of the law. So she says to him, spare me and I will lift the enchantment on the other 200 men. He, of course, agrees, and she springs off into the deep, dark forest. Who should arrive but the fourth sister? Bigger and uglier than the other three combined, she topped well over seven foot. Finn, who is just now emerging from the cave, Blinking in the harsh sunlight, turns to his son Oshin, saying, Oshin, my dear heart, kill her for me. Oh, I could not, father, for I am still too weak. Oscar, my grandson, surely you, in your youth, will bring the monster down. Oscar was so frightened he couldn't even speak, only his knees and ankles trembled in fright. But Gullmach Murna stepped forward, hands on hips, saying, I will finish what I started. And though the sound of their clashes rang out in the heavens, it wasn't long before the hideous beast lay split on the ground, her black, poisonous blood killing all around it. When the battle was over, and the dust finally settled. Finn turned to Gull, saying, I have a daughter. She is a beautiful girl, sir, a blossom of the dawn. She will be your wife, said Finn. She will be my wife, said Gull. And that is how Gull Mach Murna, who 
whom many men called a coward for always arriving to the battle late, became married to the most beautiful daughter of Finn McCool. Let us put aside for a moment the frankly terrifying way that marriages were arranged in ancient Ireland, and think instead of that person in our lives, who always seems to arrive to the party late, who couldn't keep an appointment to save their life, who rings you up and tells you, I'll be there in ten minutes, but you don't expect them for an hour and a half. Remember, everyone arrives at exactly the right place, at exactly the right time. an adventure. Yeah, he definitely has a way of painting a picture, doesn't he? He definitely certainly does. I've heard Pauly tell that story many times. Always improves with each retelling. But I, I, I'm not sure if I am quite as willing to put aside the horrible implications for marriage in early Ireland as Pauly is. No, he's really accepting of it. I remember when Pauly, because that is, that is probably, I'd almost go as far as to say that is the Pauly story. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember Paul used to be inside, like kind of like doing this, and 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 how he painted kind of married life, uh, even when he's doing like folk tales, like yeah. Ball Hill and stuff like that. And everything. I'm very surprised he's so happily married. It's uh, shocking. <laughs> it is shocking, <laughs> but um, but yeah, he, he does just have a way of looking like. And obviously, that's a big epic kind of like tale. I know it's a, it's not one of the most defining moments for no. any character, really. But it. It's a really weird one because I've come across it several times as a as an opening to yeah. other stories. Like yeah. it's it's one of those ones which it's just like oh, we're telling one of those long Fiona stories which takes about four hours to get yeah. through. We'll tack this in somewhere. Yeah, because I know it has the version of uh, how Oscar is born several times. Yeah, because him and Gal McMorna ended up having a big massive row. And so it starts with him marrying off to... Again, finishes with him marrying off to Finn's daughter, as always. Yeah. Which, again, I don't even know her name. Well, it's the same though with, with Fionn's wife. And I know he's he's, uh, he's he's he shacks up with several people along the oh, way. Yeah. But even the story like the Giant's Causeway, like Fionn McCool and the Giant's Causeway, he's yeah. not he's not the hero. We, like it's, oh, it's Una. It's Una, yeah. Una. But you go into any Irish school and look for a copy of it, she's not even going to be named in the story. God, no. It's Fionn's wife. Yeah. And yes, she's the one that solves the problem. But Fionn is a bit of a trash. Isn't he? And it's he's not often the actual hero of anything. Very rarely. It's well, like my favourite Finn story is when he uh, arrives at Tara to become the leader of the Fianna. Yeah. Because he's actually a sound lad in that. He is. Yeah, no, he is. He is sound. My One of my big issues with him is that he worked so hard at the fighting side of things. You know, yeah. all the training he did. But the salmon knowledge... Just gave him a bang of privilege. He didn't have to work hard at it. Didn't have to do the... I see it as the ancient equivalent of having the smartphone. Because, like, any question he wants to answer, you don't bother... Like, these days, you don't bother actually learning things. You just go, oh, yeah. I'll Google that. I'll Google that. Check wiki. So this 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 is where I see the age difference between us. Because I would have thought, like, having a calculator in an exam. And you go, smartphone. And I'm like, 
Yeah, yeah but I didn't get a calculator in my exam. That's the difference. I had to learn. That's the weird gap here. I had to learn mental arithmetic because yeah. I didn't think I was allowed to use a calculator. Well, in you my exam. impressed me earlier on because obviously we we record these podcasts while yeah. we're working. You've Actually. been doing tours all day. I've been in the box office yeah. ruining everything. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you were there like with your like totting up the numbers in your head, and you were quicker than the till. That's because that till is probably older than I am. I know. And that it, it, is saying something at this It stage. is a museum. We're meant to have old things. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I'm still around. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, Fionn, Fionn's thing with like, the privilege he was given, but he just seems to get worse and worse as he goes on. As It does seem to, as it goes on, the Fiona become just a bit prickish. Yeah. Because like, it all ends with them uh, like just pissing off the High King too much that he goes yeah. and wipes them all out. But one of my things is right. Okay, so Fionn's daughter, like the most beautiful, you know. There's always the most beautiful, the you know, most yeah. handsome. All these women can't all be the most beautiful women in Ireland. But also the Fina, and the Red Branch Knights. Yeah. How do you how do you kind of rectify that in your head? As in. But I mean, they both bang on how they're the greatest. You know. The oh gra- yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's it's. Oh, not being in a militarized country, I yeah. can't really comment on it as much. But I imagine it's like the rivalry between, say, like the Marines and the Air Force or something. Yeah. Or like the army. That like one of them, they're the ground troops. They're they know how to fight in formation. They yeah. they they're this big strong unit. The other one, they, these are the guerrilla warfare lads. They're out in the forest. Yeah, they're like the A team. It's like it's a band yeah. of exceptional people kind of thrown together. Yeah, and in some ways, like Cuhullan versus Finn would be like a Batman versus a Superman. Yeah, it depend. And in that one, it's does Batman have time to prepare? Yeah, yeah, that, that <laughs> classic one. Yeah, that is that'd be classic. My, I'd love to see them face off. Uh, ah, was, Finn uh, yeah. would win. Finn would win. Do you think so? Finn is more of an asshole. Than, than Cuchulain, even Cuchulain but Cucullin when he gets wound up Cucullin when he gets wound up yeah but Finn would have just sucked on his thumb and instantly know what to do yeah. he's, got, he's got a bag of tricks so it's, it's more like Iron Man versus uh, yeah. versus Captain America yeah kind of that way but in terms of archetype though Finn isn't too far off from the worst side of Captain America yeah yeah the whole oh I'm the big strong daddy I'm looking after the group I'm the leader when pretty much everyone else in the group is not only more capable than you, but sound. Yeah, yeah. But again, that brings me back to Quills from a Cronon, who... Uh, Soundest man of the Fianna. And he is, but again, because they are like this band, because I've always seen, you know, Quilchit as being like superhuman in his speed. He is like the equivalent of like the Flash or Quicksilver, yeah. one of those. But it's funny, it brings me around then to, I was looking at the early Marvel, not the early Marvel stuff, but 1986, yeah. where they introduced uh, the two of they done. Oh, yeah, you were talking about And there was a gateway through, but my issue with it was there was a gateway from the United Kingdom Uh, to Avalon, which is where they lived, and Tirnanog is referenced as being one of the lands in this, you know, sideways kind of dimension. But the members of the two of the Dan, and if I can remember someone correctly, Cucullin is included, Mm. as is Neve, Lear, Mm. um, the Dagda is in there, the Morrigan is in there, um, it's just kind of like a bad ver, and then one who's got a deer head. I can't remember As who that you was. Um, so it, it it is awful, but I think there's enough in our characters to really put together like a lot more kind of like modern tales. Well, it's I think about Paulie showed it there. That's a really cinematic story. Yeah, it's quite farcical. Yeah. but I'd love to see it on a big screen. But, but I think that like lots of Irish mythology and folklore operates in that weird sort of comedy action intersection, yeah. which like which is 
exactly the mood that people are in these days. If you don't yeah. have jokes in something, you don't. You pretty much don't watch it anymore. Yeah. Well, that that image of of one because the, the sisters we can't we can't talk about the story not talk about the <laughs> sisters and Potty's description of them. But when they're rolling the fat lad around on the ground, like um, it's such a human moment, though. It is, and it's humiliating for them. But they they were fairly into it. They were, yeah, they were, they were fairly into it, and I'm sure there are places like that for people to go to. But uh, his description and the length of the nose hair is just... Oh, it's wonderful. Yeah, it's... it's. But it calls back to that time like when when you're in, when your storytelling is it's just the words you're being told. So if you want to actually get images in your head, you have to close your eyes and just let their words carry you away. Yeah. That's why you've got those big, long, epic descriptions in the early literature. Like they spent about half an hour describing their toenails. Oh yeah, if you actually just said what happened, they're actually quite short, uh, quite, quite short stories. <laughs> but I've always said about, you know, uh, when we're telling stories in here, we should know a story so well that we could tell it on the back of the bus to someone with no knowledge oh, yeah, yeah. of it and just describe it in like like a common language. And I think you should also know a little bit before, even if it's a folktale where there isn't anything written before yeah. or written afterwards, you should have an understanding of it where you have a bigger picture. Yeah, you yeah. need to know where the character's going, where's, where they've come from and where they're going afterwards. Especially in an airplanes where you get to the end of a tour and people ask you questions. Ah, <laughs> horrifying. Um, but it's, I mean, what questions would you ask with a story like that? I, I love the, 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 for me, there's so much little tiny detail, even down mm. to the holly. Uh, the yeah. holly branches and the weaving and hypnotising them with that is incredible. But Holly, of course, being Potty surname. surname. Yeah. He's a bit biased towards the wood, as far as I recall. And its use in Ohm, uh, Holly means iron rod. Oh, and it's know. used as, um, it's used as, like for spears, it's more often the, the, the long part of a spear, apart from oh, the head. So the, okay. what am I thinking, the gay... Gay Bolga. Gay Bolga, yeah. Uh, and chariot poles yeah. were also made from Holly. It the stuff is I mean if you're gonna hit someone with a stick, yeah, yeah. That stuff is very dense fibers, uh, yeah. and it work it works a treat. But that is just I think it's probably one of the most vivid stories that we have. It's nice and visceral. Yeah, unless you're getting into like the I Dino Fuelon, who I know not everyone in the museum is a fan of, but how mm. she describes violence, I think is beautiful. But to listen to Party's voice, yeah, telling that story and his obvious, obvious like, kind of like, like his love, his grow for the story. He always sounds like he was there. Yeah. Why is it taking so long? This is episode 55. <laughs> Why did it take so long for us to get this? Ah, because he got the to save classics for a while. That's true. Anyway, we should leave it there, guys. Uh, it, listen, listen back to the story again and again and again. You'll find something new in it every time. But for now, it has been myself, Mark. And Nisha. And thank you so much for listening. I will see you again very, very soon. Goodbye. <laughs> thank you for joining us for another episode of the National Leprechaun Museum's Talking Stories podcast. Remember, the best way to support us is by liking, subscribing and sharing with a friend.